friends and welcome to Deep Dive Lounge, the lowest highbrow interview podcast presented to you by Modern Escapism. My name is Oodles and today I will be interviewing a fellow podcaster and founder of the Biggie Award nominated That F King Show and sensational grot artist at TotalCultZone.com. It's Dean aka That F King Guy. Welcome my friend, I hope you're well. Yeah I'm, I'm well, thank you for inviting me on. It's a lovely place you got here. It's nice isn't it? Yeah, very nice. All this leather. It's not real leather, don't worry. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I I, I know Dean from his sensational work on that F King show. Um, I've been on it, and I love it. It's sensational. It's just just a a crazy odyssey. That's the best way I can describe it. So if you've never listened, listeners, please, please head over there. But, as always... Every episode, I will be interviewing my guest with the same 10 questions. Eventually, these questions will be engraved into your grey matter until the day you die. So sit back, light up that cigar, pour yourself a whiskey, and enjoy. Are you ready, Dean? I am as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> That's what everyone keeps saying. So, let's just start as we mean to go on. Question number one. Who are you, and where are you from? I am uh, Dean, that fucking guy, that's my nom de plume I chose, and mm-hmm. I am from London, I'm sorry about that. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> I try not to be from London, but yeah, I have <laughs> been here in 43, 43 years now, so yeah. You don't look old enough. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I mean, I think you're the, f- I've done seven episodes you, you won't have heard them yeah you're the only Londoner I've had on so far so you've ticked that box yeah, rarity on these shows Absolutely. I know you said on your show that uh, Biggie's the one that sounds a bit weird to, to you he sounds mm-hmm. perfectly normal to me everyone else is a bit <laughs> odd <laughs> we're, the, we're the ones with the weird accents we're all the cockneys yeah you, you, you love you love to hear it sometimes it's, it's, it's nice it's nice uh, especially as you don't have to put any subtitles when you guys talk. That helps. <laughs> it's true. I think I do get over with the American crowd a bit better if, than the other people yeah. on the show. Um, Absolutely. Aisha is very mumbled when she does her stuff. Abby, Yorkshire. <laughs> Love Abby. Yeah. I'm gonna though, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> kind of have to. Yorkshire pride. Exactly. So um, let's move on to question number two. And uh, again another non-drinker so what are you drinking and why i am drinking uh finest uh london water i, I guess you could say tap water oh, not yet spring Council water. pop yeah uh not drunk alcohol now for i guess by the time this show comes out i'll be clearing a year for not drinking that's sensational you yeah. did that for yourself your own health and just everything yeah I mean, I originally set out to do, I think it was going to be three weeks sober, then have a big blowout, then do three months, which was taking me up to Christmas and my birthday, New Year's, have another big blowout and then do three years sober. That was a general idea. And I got into the, after the first three weeks, I did the big blowout, which was ridiculous. <laughs> I can imagine. 
Yeah, there is evidence on it. One podcast, I think. Um, so that felt my work life podcast I did was um, yep. my. That was my going out with new people and partying and getting completely wasted in front of strangers night, Oof. which I had planned. And yeah, I did six cans of uh, various lagers, which were no less than six point two percent and half a bottle of whiskey in the hour and a half of the show and at the end of it I was just ordering a pizza or trying to order a pizza and I couldn't focus I think they were talking for like 20 minutes the host and Abby between themselves and it was just uh, me just staring at my phone (laughs) and then my partner came home and she was like "Um, can you make some food for us and I went yeah sure and then I burnt some toast she came downstairs looked at me and went how drunk are you and I went um I'm over, I'm all right, and she. I said, "Do you cook the pasta, not burn, make some toast?" So, right. So she went to bed, and I went out and passed out in the downstairs toilet for an hour. Yeah. So you got what you aimed for, at least. Yeah. And at the end of the week, it was um supposed to have a friend over who I get drunk with regularly, whenever we meet up, and he blew me out on that cause of COVID probably, and ended up drinking like all the beer I got in for that weekend. I was supposed to share with him, and it just put me off it like <laughs> yeah well sometimes like, ridiculously yeah. like i could not finish the whiskey at the end of it i felt sick from even smelling mm. it and i tipped the last beer i had down the sink because it was like no that's it it hit midnight i was like no more yeah and that's that's it now then you not no no chance of going back do you think i don't think so no i i went to do the three months straight after that yeah. And then someone suggested I read a book. It's um, The Unexpected Joy Being Sober. And yeah. it laid out loads of stuff. Um, and it made me realise I was actually an alcoholic. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not a healthy It's not a healthy thing. And the way life is, especially in London, I don't know about up north, but it's generally built around, social lives are built around um, alcohol. So if you want to go out and meet someone, it's, you always go to the pub and it's like... Yeah, you don't meet up just anywhere, do you? It's always the yeah. Pub. But there it's was not, all that. It's not, not so much the same up here, really. Meeting parks, meeting people's houses. We're all we're a bit more spread apart, aren't we, up here? Mm. But yeah, it's all built around that, and I didn't realise over the course of many years I was kind of relying on it to actually have a social life. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I don't really go out that much, and people I know I've known for ages, or I meet them online. It's not really the same sort of just drinking on your own at home. Yeah, I mean, I, I applaud I applaud anyone that's gone through the journey you have. I'd I'd love to say I'd, I've done I've, I've done it with other things, not alcohol, and I've got past that. But I, it's a tough one, alcohol for me. It's it's a social lubricant, and <laughs> I stand by it at the moment. So. Yeah, I've got to replace it with uh, CBD. I'm kind of off my tits on that yep. most of the time. It does that's, help a lot. Hey, it's very very healthy thing to yeah. be. Uh, off your tits on rather than alcohol <laughs> trust me so yeah it's Excellent. water for me um i did try the sugary drink thing which is not a substitute mm. uh it's not healthy you just get for fat. reasons <laughs> yeah the non-alcoholic beers and stuff like that it, it just made you want to drink better stuff which yeah you're yeah. like i'm not getting drunk yet why not that kind of thing yeah so yeah it's all water now for me it, it's very boring well i feel bad now drinking my strong ale <laughs> That's just yeah, me. It's Friday. I've yet to get to the point where someone sort of said, "Oh, why aren't you drinking?" and then, "Well, you can't handle it or something like that." 
pulling out the line. Uh, if, if anyone talks like that, you don't really want to be friends with them anyway, mate. Yeah, and you say, well, I could handle it. I got to the point of snorting tequila, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want to do that in front of me... It's not a competition. And, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Excellent, excellent. Brilliant, brilliantly answered. Yeah, uh, and I would suggest that three. book, Unexpected Joy Being Sober, Catherine Gray. Yeah. If you think about quitting, it's got loads of stuff in there which would help considerably. Absolutely. Push that forward. No no problem at all. I'll put that in the show notes for you. Cool. For everyone. So, question number three. If you had a choice between two superpowers, being invisible or flying, which would you choose? I know that invisibility implies wrongdoing. <laughs> Everyone says that. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. But Because, yeah, it, it means you can sort of... Uh, you, you live for free pretty much, aren't you? You can go in and steal stuff you, from shops. You can and you do don't absolutely to... anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, not to excess, though. Just kind of go in, get what you need, come out. I, I mean, not... when you are invisible, if you do get what you need and come out, you've got... I mean, the the, the place where you stole from, um, or commandeered, they've got to explain the floating objects. <laughs> That's <laughs> when you're thing. in after the shop shut and you just freak out the security guards on there. On night shift. They're usually <laughs> yeah. asleep anyway. There is a ghost. <laughs> I have worked with someone who uh, put that in the. That we have like a book when you're at work and you have to say when you've done patrols and stuff, and someone actually read it in there once. Yeah, there was a activity that, that made it look like a ghost at the <laughs> north exit of the building, and I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> I'll go get the ghost. Yeah. So yeah, invisibility. Um, so the I can see stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've. You look at flying, it's all, it'd be great if you can just go up and fly, but what are you going to do up there? It's cold as well. Yeah, and if you're invisible, you can do what I used to do when I did security, was like walk up very tall buildings, you know, sneak in, sit out on the roof, yeah. Yeah, just look around. Yeah, watching the world go by. I mean, you live in London anyway, so flying's irrelevant because you've got really good public transport. So. <laughs> yeah, there's also the other thing of like uh, having like massive social anxiety sometimes, and I just don't like being looked at in public places you don't want people pointing look yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i go to events answer. gigs sit there yeah no one looks at me enjoy the show yeah, not having to pay <laughs> good good answer mate i like it you did it without being pervy <laughs> <laughs> was that as well <laughs> yeah there is that as well <laughs> so let's move on to question number four what was the last gift you received or gave someone or both the last gift I got was a gift bag full of items from Lush, which is the uh, soap and natural yeah, yeah. beauty shop. Yeah, just a smelly shop smelly. when you walk past. Yeah, smelly stuff, falls and creams. One of my friends works yep. there, and she just gives us a bag every so often. And we, last time we met, it was kind of a special occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose if this is a deep dive lounge, I'll say this on this show. I got married Way. two weeks ago. Congratulations. Well, the nearest you can get to being married without actually being married it was essentially turn up in street clothes, sign a paper. That's it, done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you were already in love. It was just you just needed to write it down. Yeah, I mean, fifteen years. It's like should we get it's married? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's the tax thing, isn't it? Really <laughs> claiming. <laughs> I mean, we've had a mortgage for ages anyway, so we're like pretty much married. So it's oh, God, yeah. It's just a case of like COVID come along and it was like. You know, if I die, you wouldn't get this benefit and we'd have to pay this tax on this. So let's just make sure, shall we? You did a bit of adulting. 
yeah except when they uh, we went in there and it was um okay uh we got separated and no one of hmm. no who's got married or has a civil partnership had this done to them we got separated and they had they asked us questions separately uh, like wow. um name middle name and birthday and i sat there like in blank when they asked for her birthday and it's like ah yeah i know i know that my wife i know the dates but i don't i can't always remember the year <laughs> yeah and i sat there and i gave the year and they kind of looked at me and went uh one up oh right okay that one yeah <laughs> i never missed the birthday i just i I can't for the life of me. I don't even both, know if my wife's thirty. Yet. I'm not sure. Yeah, and then we both got the uh, our work our jobs wrong. So she had to ask my give my job, and I had to give her a job, and we both got the jobs wrong. And it's like great, cool. <laughs> so we were sort of skeptical whether they actually let us get married at that point. Oh wow, I didn't know they did that. I don't know if they do it because my friend who come with us, who was the witness, was like, "Yeah, we never had that done." It's very That's odd. So, such a strange thing. Um, maybe it's new. Maybe it's new. Yeah, and then we went in for the actual signing of the papers, and we got separated again. And we thought, oh, okay, it's going to be another test, so we actually boned up on it. So, okay, I know, your birth- I know your birthday, I know your job. And then the guy went, okay, what's your address? Hmm. I've lived here for eight years, and suddenly I couldn't remember my fucking address. It's because <laughs> you was put on the spot, mate. You were put on the spot. It's, you, you, got, you got your wife's birth year wrong. You was, <laughs> you was panicking. We've all been there. Yeah, I sat there for like a minute thinking I can't remember this and I went on my phone googled it right that's what it is yeah cool but yeah we got there in the end ah, well congratulations and a, a lovely gift of um, love by contract and some lush goodies <laughs> I yeah. do I do like a lush grab bag though especially for the bath bombs yeah I mean, she gives it to us every time she works there so it's like we get tons of stuff oh, so it's great it's all ethical as well. I think. I think it is. Seems to be. Yeah, they always give us the name of the person who's made it. And it's like, oh, great. Yeah, Colin. You make good <laughs> Cheers, <soap>. Col. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Let's move on then. Uh, question number five. Sometimes the hardest question for some people, sometimes the easiest. What inspires you? I find it hard not to be inspired by everything. Um, mm. I've got a brain that doesn't stop working. So music... Yeah. I'll be inspired by that. Movies, art, books, podcasts, people in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing about hustle culture, where it's like constantly going and doing stuff, that suits me great because I like working, like constantly. Yeah. May not be the greatest work ever, but <laughs> I like doing stuff. Um, yeah. Focusing that inspiration into one thing is the challenge, though, because I constantly bounce between things. Like at the moment, I've gone, right, I want to do some audio dramas for the end of the year. Yeah, you'd be great and, at that, though, as well. Yeah, and as soon as I thought about doing it, okay, one day I sat down, wrote the script out for one episode. Okay, yep. right. Cool, next day, my brain goes, actually, this would be a really good idea as well. And this, and this, and I've got three other things popped up. And I'm like, okay, I'll make notes of them. And that's mm. the only thing I could think of is these things. So I sit down to write them. And my brain goes, oh, yeah, this is really good as well. You should try this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anything can inspire me. Um, it's focusing that thing yeah. into it yeah easy. yeah I, I i completely um sympathize with you there me uh, suffering with adhd it's uh i've got one idea then i've got another idea I, I know exactly what that feels like and it's all there at once but you just can't get it out sometimes that's that's what my problem is 
yeah, I once walked into work with an idea and sat there for the entire 12 hours writing a script and I knocked out a 28-page script in one day. <laughs> wow. And that was all while supposedly I was supposed to be working. So, yeah, uh, sitting under the desk just typing this script out, write it up, and then it come to writing the, the next episode and I was like, okay, I'll get onto that. I never did. Wow. Wow. You could just release it as a one-off. Uh, yeah, it was like a TV thing and I had to film. Oh, yeah. And then it was a case of, right, it'd be a good idea to send it off to some people. And then I looked back at it a couple of weeks later and realised there was no female characters whatsoever in it. I thought, this isn't going to go well. Oh, and no point. I mean, you, you didn't want to write them. a female character because you're not a female yourself. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's why men generally don't. I kind of looked at it and went, yes. yeah, it's not really going to go anywhere, is it? So <laughs> it, it, no, it's no, on no, the pile no. of things of I wrote and it's great that I did that. But You were born in the wrong decade, mate. If you released that in the 70s, it'd been a hit. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. What so what inspires moment, you is everything. Yeah, and what I find at the moment is that I work in an art gallery. Mm. And one of the, the job is pretty much just stand by the door and click people as they come in, say hello, greet them or whatnot. And it's yeah. very slow and all mm. the walls are very white. Mm. And there's, there's stuff you can look at outside, but it's just there's no music. There's very little noise. Oh. And that environment I focus on stuff so well. I'm trying to yeah. replicate that when I'm actually writing stuff now. I don't know if I actually have to turn uh, music off and turn off distractions around me. But yeah, that well, that's good then. That helps. You need a, you need a quiet room in your house then, without anything to look at. Just a dull white room. Yeah, except this room I have with me now, which is <laughs> just filled with everything. Yeah. Your, your room, what I'm looking at now, looks like HMV. That, that's half my DVDs and Blu-rays. <laughs> There's a lot for the for the listeners. It's literally like, remember Blockbusters? It's a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, I got on the kick, physical media kick a couple of years back, and it was uh, as soon as lockdown hit, everyone went streaming. So all the DVDs end up in the store, and all the charity places were like, oh, we need to get rid of these very quickly. Mm-hmm. And the local one to us was selling DVDs for five p. Oh, oh. Beautiful. You'll love to see it. I mean, you're you're in power now if your internet goes down. So, yeah, not if the um, power grid goes down completely. (laughs) No, no, that's a that's a different matter altogether. Cool. Let's move on then to question number six. If you could compare yourself with any animal, what would it be and why? This is my hardest question. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I I don't see myself as being like a dog or a cat or a no. um, capybara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my favourites so far. Yeah, um, koala bear. They you seem know what? pretty chill and hang out on their own. I can kind of see it though, mate. You've got the colour going on. Yeah, I mean, they hang out on their own, get along with others okay, but there's the violent side to them. Yes, and they're vegan. Hmm. <laughs> And there's also the thing about them being drop bears, so I kind of like the idea that I'm soft and cuddly and a nice it. person, but don't mind ripping yeah. someone's head off and shitting down their neck. <laughs> and giving everyone chlamydia. Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> that's perfect, mate. Best answer. <laughs> Brilliant. Hey, it works, mate. It works. I, you do know when I've, when I've got enough episodes, I'm doing a massive Photoshop collage of everyone's faces as the animals have chosen, so get ready for that. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. So, question number seven. 
We finish the interview and you step outside the office and find a lottery ticket that ends up winning £10 million. What would you do? General feeling is that you wouldn't see or hear from me again. I would just be <laughs> off. I'd, I'd go see be you. in a bunker somewhere watching movies. Mm-hmm. But as I said earlier, is my brain doesn't allow me to relax. So you, I'd probably go quiet for a couple of months while I sort everything out that would be yep. put me in that situation. Yeah. And then be back doing something else. I mean, um, first thing would be like um, Colour of Acres of Land. Oh, yeah. Tiny House. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. tiny house movement, even though I've got loads of physical media and stuff, I, if I could do that, I'd sacrifice and get rid of it all. I love the small footprint houses. I think they're mm. sensational. Uh, get a couple of people in to help do the land so farming a little bit. You know, not totally <laughs> self-sufficient because... Some boys, some boys to work the land. <laughs> yeah, just for a little bit, and they teach me how to do stuff so I can have yeah. a couple of meals I've made completely mm-hmm. by myself every month. You know, it's not going to be completely self-sufficient because that's kind of a pipe dream for everybody. It's not Absolutely. going to happen. Uh, totally off-grid stuff. And then after I've done all that, got myself sorted, um, probably pop back up as a podcast, doing a blog, saying hello to mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, hello, I'm rich. <laughs> what is it? Is it 10 million? So, um, it's not really life-altering, to be a, to be honest. Yeah, you get this just enough to nowadays. set you going. Some people these days are like, okay, you get a million. It's not, it's not going to change your life. It's not. You can't live off of that for a slug. I'm like, fuck are you, where the fuck are you living? <laughs> I, I can live off like a thousand pound a month at the moment. Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's it. I don't know well, what, a bit more. all these people a are living more. in because it's so like one million would be enough. So I just scrape off a million of whatever I've got left after buying the tiny house yes. and the leg of the land. Uh, get a million aside, give it to a couple of you guys, do your podcasty stuff, you know. Oh, you your dreams and stuff and then give the rest to charity probably because I don't yeah. need any that's what if, if, if I was asked it I'd, I'd give so much to charity just so I felt good about finding the lottery ticket in general yeah I mean if it's like five, six, seven million quid doesn't matter I'm not going to use that much money I'm not that not. person who goes not out and buy lifetime. The, I think I'm not going to go out and buy a Bugatti or a fucking Ferrari you don't have to do buy to, to, to buy an expensive watch do you know what I mean <laughs> not about that life yeah, I mean, I've bought a good answer. T-shirt that. in many years, so yes, yes, excellent. Let's move on to question eight then. <laughs> if you had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island, but all your human needs, such as food and water, were taken care of, what two items would you want to have with you? Uh, so food, water, sorted out. Yep. Electric. Yeah, let's pretend. Yeah, that's fine. Mm, um... A great quote. There are only three things you need in life. Mm-hmm. It's respect for all kinds of life, a nice bowel movement on a regular basis, and a navy <laughs> blazer. Perfect. <laughs> I'm not actually a fan of blazers and respect. This isn't something you need to bring physically, so probably really yeah. good coffee and books to do me. Yes. Yeah. Let's say a library. Yeah. With no late fees because you're the only one there. I've got so many books I, I get through about one a month if I'm lucky. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm quite a vivacious reader. I can I read a book in a week usually, or listen to a book in a few days. So I, I could I could destroy a library. Yeah, I see I see myself as that. Um, was it Boston Meredith's character in the Twilight Zone where he's got all the time in the world to read the books now? Finally, yeah. Yeah. I don't need glasses, so if they break, them really matter. But yeah, that's how I see myself. <laughs> just sitting down, drinking a coffee in the morning, having a bowel movement, having a read. Bowel movements are important. 
think so. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant answer. Another brilliant answer. Right, let's get on to question number nine. We're nearly there, mate. We're nearly, you've nearly made it. You've nearly made it. You've won yes. the game nearly. <laughs> so, you're on death row. Oh, no. Tonight is your final meal. What are you having? Okay, a six-pack of Pabst Blue Ribbon. Bottle of Jack Yeah. Large portion of chips covered in ketchup and mayonnaise. Nice. Four rounds of thick doorstop or doorstep cut white bread. Yes. A large doner kebab covered in chili and garlic sauce and a jar of pickles. He's going for it. He's going for it. Because <laughs> you know, if I'm on death row, I've either done the worst thing ever. Yeah. I need to be punished, and that's kind of yeah. That's me punishing Tasty myself. Tasty punishment. It's the worst <laughs> things ever. Absolutely yeah, the worst things ever, and it's like uh, not drinking, being a vegan for so many years. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of punishing myself. And if I'm on death row and it's because someone's set me up and I'm being framed for something, I'm going to give them a hell of a yep. clean-up job afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I've seen what that stuff does to you after when you, you're still alive, so yeah. Can you believe people eat that stuff? So, I mean, I, I'm pescatarian. I don't eat any red meat or anything like that. I only eat fish. Have you seen what that... People eat kebabs sober. <laughs> that just baffles my mind. I worked with people who've worked in kebab shops and they said like if you get there and you're slurring they'll take mm. it from a bucket underneath oh yeah the thing and it's the gray meat from the yesterday if you go in there yeah. sober you actually get the stuff which is fresh off the thing yeah so it's safer but yeah it's rare you see it i, I know people i mean i podcast with with said person um <laughs> that does he, he loves a kebab but i can't i, I, I i've never in my life i've never had a kebab so, really? don't think, don't think I will. It's an experience, I guess. <laughs> I've had sheesh kebab. That's completely different, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still love the occasional kebab, but you know, tofu. Yeah, lovely, oh, lovely I, tofu. I live off tofu, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're here. We're on to the final question. You've got to the end. What music would you choose to play every time you walk into a room? What's your theme song? Okay, Journey. Mm. Be good to yourself. Oh, absolute banger. It was the last music I used as walkout music when I was wrestling. Oh. And if you saw what I did when I was wrestling compared to how I am in real life, you'd believe it had magical properties. <laughs> it's like Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, yeah. Jekyll, uh, Hyde is one of those stupidly nice guys. When he hears the music, he's like <laughs> hugging kids and like, high-fiving yeah. children yeah. And, and doing other stuff with children because I don't like kids. But, you know, when I'm hearing that music and I'm doing the character, it's like... It's part of work you like, kids. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just that whole thing of like, I change when I listen to it. And I listen to it today when I was preparing these things. And it's like, yeah, it's, Journey's one of these bands that's unapologet- unapologetically cheesy. Yeah, they know and what happy. they are. Yeah, and I, I defy anyone to listen to that song without com- coming away without a smile because it is just so... Yeah, oh, yeah. That beat. I, I, I love Journey. Again, unapologetically, I love Journey. I think they're sensational. Yeah, but that's what I'd like to hear every time I go into a room. I might be a different person. Wow. Wow, what a gamble. What a gamble. Brilliant. Thank you very much there, Dean. You've you've passed. You've you've won the Deep Dive Lounge and you get the astitious prize of plugging your wares. So take it away. Okay, you can find all my stuff at Total 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 Culture Zone. <laughs> <laughs> totalcultzone.com uh, all my social medias are on there uh, 
daily vlogs on there i do a daily thing which is like brain farts work in progress is a bit of writing some photos occasionally as well post face photography um yeah and there's links to the show as well uh af king show check it out please please give it a listen it's brilliant and for some reason if you like me i'll i'm on it so and many other people that you listen to on this show will be on it as well but yeah dean thank you very much for being on deep dive lounge thank you for being tidy in this lovely upholstered room lounge room and you didn't need a cig or a cigar so even better i don't have to clean up didn't put kebab meat everywhere <laughs> kebab meat everywhere down the side of the sofa <laughs> god imagine but yeah all i can say is thank you for the listeners keep listening to deep dive lounge thank you and good night bye-bye Thank you.